0: Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups.
1: All right, Mark, let me start out with a question for you. This is a question that truly divides anyone who has ever celebrated Christmas. Mm. Growing up, were you a real Christmas tree family or a fake Christmas tree family? So I was a little bit of both.
0: In my earlier years, we always went to a Christmas tree farm and we, you know, made a day out of it, got candy cane, tot chocolate, and got a real tree. Mm. And then starting when I was probably 10 or 12, my parents were just like, screw that. We're tired of the pine needles. We're literally never going to do that again. Oh, wow. You made the switch halfway through. Yeah, we and we made the switch and it was <laughs> a sad day for me. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it a sad day for you? I
1: wanted the real one. I like the smell. I like the real pine. Sure. You know, I'm the same way. Like, there's just something about a real tree. The smell, the experience of cutting it down. But, you know, also some of my earliest Christmas memories were actually of my dad complaining about how much the tree cost. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we'd go to the lot and it would just be an endless stream of comments about the price tag. And now that I'm older, I decided to go on a little journey to find out why trees are priced the way they are and just how the entire industry might be completely turned on its head in the next few decades. I'm Zachary Crockett. And I'm Mark Dent. And you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Ordinarily in this podcast, we fill you in on the latest business and tech news. But today we're doing something a little different. We're talking about the economics of Christmas trees. I talked to Christmas tree farm owners, ecologists, and representatives from both the real and artificial tree markets. And on this episode, we're going to fill you in on the economics behind those price tags, who gets the money that you spend on a tree, and how fake trees are threatening the entire trade. Let's get into it.
0: Okay. So before we jump in, let's just touch on the scope of the market we're talking about here. How big, Zach,
1: exactly is the Christmas tree industry in America? It is enormous. Um, When we're talking about real trees, Americans collectively buy around 25 to 30 million real Christmas trees every holiday season. And according to the most recent data from the National Christmas Tree Association, which is a real trade group, That's one of the best I've heard. (laughs) It really is. So every year they do sort of a price analysis of the market. And the latest data shows that trees average about $78 a pop. A real Christmas tree that you might buy at, you know, Home Depot or a garden center or your little Christmas tree lot on the corner. So altogether, we're talking about a $2 billion per year industry just for the real trees. Whoa. So
0: that's pretty amazing when you consider that we're only talking a couple months in December when these things get sold. Right. (laughs) So tell me a little bit more uh, about these farms. If I go buy a tree at, say, Home Depot, which I've done before, or some small tree
1: lot, where do these trees come from? So today, virtually all Christmas trees, 98% of the entire market, come from tree farms. And there are about 15,000 of these farms in the United States that produce Christmas trees every year. Those range in size from two acres to 9,000 plus acres. There's really a huge variance in size. And like most businesses, the market is controlled by a small percentage of those players. So about 430 of the largest farms control 75% of the total supply. Hmm. And the interesting thing here is, you know, two out of every three Christmas trees actually come from only four states. The vast majority of trees come from Oregon, North Carolina, Michigan, or Pennsylvania. And at any given time, these 15,000 farms are collectively growing around 350 million Christmas trees. And those are in various stages of development. So again... You know, every year, maybe 25, 30 million will be sold, but 350 million are actually growing at any given time.
0: That makes this kind of farming process sound complex. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm guessing that this isn't your standard
1: gardening operation. This is not your backyard, you know, carrot farming operation. Uh, So when we talk about Christmas trees, there's 15 different types of Christmas trees. You might see, you know, six or seven varieties when you go to Home Depot you have your Fraser firs or Eastern red cedars or Douglas firs, et cetera. But generally, all of these trees follow the same production cycle. So a Christmas tree begins its life as a seedling. That's just a tiny little sort of seed from a timber firm like Weyerhauser. Mm-hmm. And those cost the farm about 50 cents to a buck each. Now, when the tree's around two years old, it graduates from the nursery into the big leagues and it gets its own six foot by six foot plot of land out in the field. And a lot of farmers sort of the holy grail for spacing is about twelve hundred trees per acre of land. That's sort of what they go for. What makes this kind of an unusual crop is Christmas trees take a really, really long time to grow. One tree takes eight to ten years to mature fully to six feet. A lot of people think, you know, every year these farmers just plant these trees, pump them with steroids or something, and they shoot up. But this is a very, very long production cycle, and it leads to some very interesting situations.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm no farming expert, but I imagine the old adage of, Plant what you want in the spring and then harvest it in the fall. Yeah, uh, exactly. Eight to 10 years is a bit longer and seems like a pretty dang long time for something to go wrong, for that matter. Many
1: things go wrong in the Christmas tree business. (laughs) The farmers I talked to basically called it a financial black hole that decade when they're waiting for the trees Bert Craig, a horticulture professor at Michigan State University, told me, you know, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears goes into growing a Christmas tree. You've got the cost of the land, the road construction, the tractors, the herbicide, the fertilizers. So much labor goes into it. And then all of that can just disappear in an instant. If you have a a winter with permafrost or if you have a winter with no rain, you can easily lose 100% of your entire yield. But, you know, even when things totally go well, it's really hard to forecast what's going to happen 10 years out. Planting too many trees could flood the market, but planting too few could cause a shortage.
0: Yeah, so they probably must have this really delicate balance then of sort of anticipating supply and demand Which, you know, at least in our lifetimes over the last 30 years, I feel like (laughs) has been a little bit difficult uh, because of certain things that have happened in the market. Oh, every, you know, nine or 10 years.
1: Yeah. You know, when you see a tree for 80 bucks at Home Depot, you're just like, there are certain years where the price on some lots just like randomly jumps up 10 bucks or something. And it might seem like there's no rhyme or reason to that, but it has a lot to do with what happened 10 years ago. So in 2018, for instance, you were buying trees that were planted sort of in the aftermath of the financial crisis when there were a lot of farms going out of business. Trees were a little bit pricier to plant and mature. So that's kind of baked into the price 10 years later. And I'll give you two examples of how supply and demand functions in the real world. Okay. So back in the 90s, farmers actually planted too many Christmas trees. There was a big glut of trees And in the really early 2000s, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but Christmas tree prices actually hit rock bottom. You could go out and find trees on the cheap. So that was not a good situation for farmers. They planted way too many in the 90s and came back to bite them in the early 2000s. But then, as I mentioned, during the recession in 2008, farmers actually planted too few trees because, you know, a lot of farms went out of business And as a result, the prices have been much higher since 2016, 2018, and they're still high today.
0: This whole thing totally mirrors the housing market. Hmm. We had a lot of houses getting built in the 90s and into the early 2000s. And then they started to fall. And then we stopped building houses, just like we stopped planting Christmas trees. And now those prices
1: are absurdly high. That's a totally fascinating and really accurate comparison. You know, supply and demand is a delicate balance that uh, plays out in other industries too. I never knew that Christmas trees and housing had sort of a center in the Venn diagram, but I guess there it is. Yeah, for sure.
0: So once a tree matures for those 10 years and is cut down, What happens after that? What's the process?
1: So there's two business models in the Christmas tree business. One is these U-cut farms. It's just the letter U-cut. And that's basically when farms go direct to consumer. They invite people to come out to the farm and cut their own trees down. It's more of an experiential family kind of thing. It's actually really fun. I used to do it with my family. This only makes up about a third of the market. It's a really small sector, but it is growing in popularity as the experience economy sort of takes over. And in recent years, the broader agro-tourism market has tripled in size and become a billion dollar industry in its own right. So the U-cut farms are growing as a market. But really, the bulk of sales is the second category, which is just wholesale. This is when farms cut, ship, and sell their trees basically in bulk to, to lots like Home Depot. Put them on a big freight truck and just pump thousands and thousands of trees into these big box retailers. But the thing about wholesale is if you want to be a big player in the wholesale market, you have to be a really, really big farm.
0: Like, like how big?
1: <laughs> so, you know, one farm that I featured in my story was this farm called Holiday Tree Farms. They were established in Corvallis, Oregon in 1955, and today they're one of the largest producers of real Christmas trees in the world. Each season, this one farm harvests more than a million trees in less than 30 days.
0: Whoa, whoa. So that's just in one season. So they could have, what, 10 times that many planted somewhere, or at least multiples of that planted somewhere that they just
1: aren't harvesting at the time then? I would guess that holiday tree farms probably easily has over 8 million trees on their farm. And, you know, the owner of this farm, it's not your typical cute Christmas tree farm. It is a serious corporate operation. They have a fleet of seven helicopters that are just running in a continuous cycle from sunup to sundown, loading 1,000 trees per hour onto these tractor trailers destined for big box retailers. And, you know, from cut to delivery, it only takes the owners of this farm about three days to get a tree From Oregon down to a Home Depot across the country. So they have their logistics down pat. And you know, for these farms, the economics are a little bit less enticing Hmm. on a per unit basis. Because they're selling wholesale, they usually are only able to maybe get around $35 for a tree that's cut, baled and loaded. But of course, they're selling massive volumes to make up for that. Then you have to factor in all the overhead in the last decade that it took them to grow the tree. So when all is said and done, farmers on Christmas tree farms that I spoke to generally made out with around a 25 to 30 percent profit margin. So they were looking at about, you know, $8, $10 per tree that they sold. And if you're selling a million trees, that's a good business. That's a
0: really good business. I'm still hung up on seven helicopters uh, <laughs> being in the air from sun up to sundown. Yeah. I almost think that trees should cost more <laughs> after hearing that. I will never complain again about the cost of a real Christmas tree. It's like a war zone yeah. out there. So I'm starting to understand why they are priced the way they are, and almost wondering why they aren't more. So how
1: does it all work with the pricing? Yeah. So once a retailer like Home Depot has the trees. It typically marks them up about a hundred percent to cover their own overhead. So they might have to cover freight, storage, labor, operating costs, all these things. The farmers, for what they put into it, actually end up making less than the retailer. So the farmer makes around eight to ten bucks a tree. The retailer makes a bit more than that.
0: So some of these Christmas tree farmers are kind of not getting the best end of the deal. Mm. And they also make themselves vulnerable to any number of threats, it sounds like, just given how complicated it is to plant and grow these things.
1: That's totally true. Like, you know, earlier we talked about frost or the lack of rain or sort of these uncontrollable weather phenomenon that could happen on a farm. But the farming industry actually faces bigger issues. One is just in general, farming has been on the decline in America for many years. Right. Young people do not want to go into the farming trade in America. So you have this aging farmer population that's sort of threatening the Christmas tree producer population. And then you have climate change, you have shifting consumer preferences. There are a lot of things threatening to crimp the industry right now. But if you talk to Christmas tree farmers, the one threat that they'll talk about over and over again is not climate change, it's not the lack of farmers, it's not weather. You want to take a guess what it is?
0: I mean, I can guess pretty easily that it has to be fake trees.
1: Fake trees. It totally is fake trees. So modern artificial Christmas trees have a totally different narrative than real Christmas trees. They got their start back in the 1930s when this UK-based company called Addis Brush Co. that made toilet scrubbing brushes... Saw an opportunity to market convenience during a time when real trees were hard to get a hold of. I can totally see like the
0: connection, honestly, between like a toilet scrubbing brush and a tree. <laughs> like, just I know it's not the same material, but it's just like it's definitely yeah. in that same sort of class.
1: Yeah, and you know, some of the trees in the lower end definitely feel sort of toilet brushy. Yes. So this little idea of creating an artificial tree that popped up in the UK in the 1930s—it's actually a massive business today. Today, 96 million Americans display a Christmas tree every year and 81% of those trees on display are artificial trees. Hmm. Only 19% of Americans that put up a Christmas tree have a real tree. And the interesting thing about that is the numbers overall are roughly the same. About 25 million to 25 million Real and fake trees are sold every year, but the cumulative purchasing of fake trees has sort of encroached on the real trees market share. If it weren't for fake trees, one farmer told me, they'd be selling twice as many real trees every year. Instead, they've plateaued and they're selling the same number of real trees as they were 15 years ago. Hmm. So that plateau, I take it, might be like a permanent plateau Hmm. or
0: even worse, potentially like the beginning of a further downhill climb.
1: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of farmers are afraid of a long-term decline. Of course, everyone has their own preferences. There'll always be a demand for real trees, for that fresh smell of pine in your living room. But it's clear that more and more Americans are turning to artificial trees.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, a little bit more about those artificial trees. I'm mm-hmm. curious, how does like the supply chain for those types of trees compare to that 10-year cycle <laughs> that is quite complicated for the real ones?
1: Yeah, well, a little bit of backstory on today's modern artificial tree business. The vast majority of artificial trees, you know, the U.S. Department of Commerce estimates the figure at about 85% are manufactured in China. And in particular, they come from one city called Yiwu, Now, Yiwu is often called Santa's real workshop. It's home to 600 factories that almost exclusively churn out Christmas decorations. You know, you have your millions of polyvinyl chloride trees that the industry's top manufacturers are pumping out every year. And Vice reported that these factory workers work 12-hour shifts. Basically, they're feeding these PVC strands into these machines and fashioning these synthetic branches onto steel poles and while a real tree takes eight to ten years to fully mature and go to market a fake tree can actually be produced in as little as a few minutes at full steam one of these factories in yiwu can pump out 1500 trees just in a two-day cycle
0: That is absurd. And after hearing this, Zach, I am convinced that you need to write a book called uh, (laughs) How Christmas Trees Explain the Global Economy. Yeah, We've got outsourcing of labor, mass production in industry, the end of the agriculture industry, and mirroring the housing market all within the last 10 minutes here. (laughs) Um, This thing is ripe.
1: Yeah. And if you talk to farmers, they sort of spout off some of those same general trends that you just mentioned. Geopolitical trends, you get into the whole American made versus overseas production debate with Christmas yeah. tree farmers. It's not just about the real experience of having a real tree, it's supporting American producers versus offshoring your consumption. Yeah. So, given
0: that the artificial trees here are quite a bit more popular, the vast majority are produced in China, mm-hmm. how do the economics of these stack up to the real tree market?
1: They're still sort of catching up to the real tree market. So the, the total artificial tree market is worth an estimated $1.2 billion to the real tree market's $2 billion. One of the industry's biggest players, you may have heard of them, Balsam Hill. Hmm. They sell very high-end fake trees that are actually quite beautiful. Okay. They're hard to even tell the difference sometimes between a real tree these trees can cost up to 3,000 bucks a pop. Balsam Hill, just that one company alone posted 150 million in revenue from their trees in 2018. That's far more revenue than the largest Christmas tree farm. You know, we were talking about holiday tree farms up in Corvallis, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they gross 10 million a year. So Balsam Hill, 150 million to that 10 million. And on the retail side, The average artificial tree sells for a lot more than a fake tree. They go for about $107 each. That's $30 more than a real tree. And these producers might sell them wholesale for 15 bucks, but they cost very little to produce. So it's a much more lucrative industry churning out the fake trees.
0: So is there something like if a family is trying to decide, should they go real
1: or should they go fake? What should they consider about their choice? One thing we didn't talk about here is there's a whole environmental debate to these trees, Uh, regardless of how you feel about supporting American farms or buying things offshore or a lure of a real tree. The environmental concerns are very real, and there's a debate to be made on both sides of the aisle. I mentioned Balsam Hill, that big fake tree manufacturer. The company's CEO, Thomas Harmon, is also the president of this association called the American Christmas Tree Association. It's a trade group that a lot of tree farmers consider to be an adversary. And so this association in recent years has actually produced reports arguing that artificial trees are more environmentally friendly than real trees because you only have to buy one every 10 years. But tree farmers counter that. They say, look, artificial trees, eventually, even if you have them for 10 years, they're just going to end up in a landfill somewhere. Real trees are compostable. They basically just turn into mulch over time. And even though it's wasteful to buy a real tree every year, they do decompose and they don't sit in a landfill rotting for a century, you know? Yeah. But the real argument that tree farmers always come back to is really just the emotional appeal of the Christmas tree. I had one farmer tell me almost defensively, you know, what do you think my wife would say if I came home on Valentine's Day with plastic roses? So there's certainly like an equation between something being natural and pure and beautiful and farmers obviously are biased <laughs> there but for sure a lot of Americans I think feel that way I don't know if we'll ever see an end to this debate <laughs> I mean any place that uses helicopters to grow a tree i I feel like that's <laughs> the side to be on yeah but those plastic
0: trees are convenient
1: yeah well uh maybe we can go up to Corvallis next season together and cut some trees together mark
0: Yeah, an (laughs) experiential ride in a helicopter (laughs) above a million pine trees. Yeah.
1: All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at the hustle.co slash email. That's the hustle.co slash email. We'll see y'all next week.